Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord, faith builders. It's so good to see each and every one of you tonight. Of course, uh, you know I can't actually see you, but uh, it's so great to be coming to you and being a part of this Wednesday evening service with you. Of course, Pastor Michelle is on her way back uh, from the Kansas location to Little Rock. Uh, I know that you all were in the deep freeze last week uh, here in Little Rock Bay. We've been in it <clears throat> all this week. Uh, I think there's a, a few inches of snow, so uh, begin Sunday evening. So Monday and Tuesday, uh, we were socked in, uh, especially in our neighborhood, uh, with the, uh, the the massive hill that we have to climb to get out of our neighborhood. Uh, uh, it was unpassable Monday and Tuesday, but I did make it out this morning. Uh, to get in here to the office, and I'm actually utilizing our new studio uh, here in Little Rock to uh, uh, bring this to you tonight. Uh, I wanted to personally uh, minister to you this evening and share the Word of God with you. Uh, I so appreciate uh, Pastor Ron uh, for opening the service and receiving the tithe and offering. You're all such a blessing and God is so good to us. One thing real quick before we get into the Word, please do not forget uh, the strengthening meeting that we have coming up this evening, uh, excuse me, this Sunday evening. Uh, uh, the actual service starts at 6. Uh, the fellowship time for alumni and ordained or licensed ministers will begin at 5 p.m. in the back sanctuary, in the student sanctuary. And uh, we'll have some light refreshments, light snacks, time of fellowship. And then at 6 p.m., uh, we have our strengthening meeting, our impartation service. The Lord impressed it upon my heart uh, some number of months ago to have these meetings uh, every quarter uh, so that I can personally minister primarily to uh, the uh, ordained ministers in our fellowship and those that are licensed with our fellowship. Uh, pouring into them what I believe that God would have us to impart uh, for the the coming years, months of the ministry and the things that God would have us to do. So that begins uh, fellowship at 5 o'clock, uh, then, of course, service at 6 o'clock, and you don't want to miss that. Uh, you definitely want to be there and see what God's going to do. I want to continue tonight with something that we have been looking at over the uh, past number of weeks entitled Moving Forward in Forgiveness. And I believe that this is part four. And the more that I'm in studying this, the more that I look at it, the more I um, am receiving from the Lord uh, about this uh, subject of forgiveness. Now, uh, the Lord had said to me, he said in 2024, forgiveness is the path forward. Forgiveness is the path forward. And then the Lord said to us in the word that he gave us concerning 2024, he said in the first paragraph of that word, 
he said 2024 will require spiritual maturity. And then he made this statement in the, the second paragraph, or the, excuse me, the final paragraph. It will require that believers grow in the word, in the spirit, in love, and in peace. Then in the final paragraph, he said, 2024 will be a year that peace reigns, victory flows, and love wins. This is so important because when you see love, you see spiritual maturity. When you see an individual that's walking in love, you see spiritual maturity. When you see spiritual maturity, you see love. So in other words, if there's a person that is spiritually mature, there's going to be a love walk that's matching in that person's life. Hallelujah. Now, in Mark chapter 11, verse 25, we've been looking at this verse, but notice what Jesus says. Mark 11, verse 25. After he talked about speaking to the mountain and the mountain being removed, if you believe in your heart and don't doubt, then whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. And verse 25, and when you stand praying, now notice this, when you're praying, all right? No, notice, not after, not sometime later, when you're praying, forgive if you have anything against any that your heavenly Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, there are many hindrances to faith that are mentioned in the Bible, in the New Testament. But this is the only one that Jesus specifically mentioned, all right? He indicates that this could hinder your faith because he talks about speaking to the mountain and the mountain being removed, all right? Uh, you believe in your heart, confess it with your mouth. And then he says, uh, and when you pray, what things soever you desire, believe that you receive them and you shall have them when you pray. Well, you're praying in faith, believing you have received. And then he says, and as you're praying, forgive. All right, why? Because that unforgiveness will hinder what you're believing God for. So there are many hindrances to faith in the New Testament, but this is the only one that Jesus specifically mentioned. Hallelujah. Now, forgiveness strengthens faith because forgiveness is the love flow, all right? Forgiveness strengthens faith because forgiveness is the love flow, all right? Remember, he said to us in the word that he gave us, he said, uh, for the believer that will grow in the word, in the spirit, in love, all right? Then 2024 will be a year that peace reigns, victory flows, and love wins, all right? So forgiveness strengthens faith 
because forgiveness is the love flow. Forgiveness is the love flow, all right? When you get into the love flow, faith and the operating of faith is much simpler, all right? Because there's, there's a love flow that I'm operating in. Forgiveness strengthens faith because forgiveness is the love flow. Forgiveness expands the channel so that I can receive all that God desires for me to have. Now, I, need to, I feel like I need to spend some time on this because I made this statement over the last few weeks how that me forgiving a person may not change that person, all right? Uh, me forgiving a person does not mean I'm okay with what they did or that I'm okay with what they're doing, all right? But what it does is it alleviates me of the pressure of the concern of what that person is doing, all right? Think about it. If somebody does an individual wrong, if that individual's not cautious, they will start thinking about how wrong that person did them, and that will become their focus. And what are they doing? Carrying the care of what that person did to them. And that care, all right, that care begins to shrink the channel that God wants to move through. All right, the things that God wants to bring into our life requires an open channel, an open avenue for him to be able to pour them into our lives the way that he wants to, all right? And very often, when we, when we talk about forgiveness, someone will think that forgiveness is uh, just being okay with what the person did or what, they've, what they're doing. No, that's not the case. You don't have to be okay with it, but when you forgive it, you roll that burden of what they did off of you. See, this is important. I've learned the joy of living a life with nothing against anybody. All right? And, and, and living a life of freedom, not just from what people think, all right, but from what they think about what I should think. There are people that want you to care and want you to think about what they think. And when you forgive, you don't. Oh, hallelujah. When you forgive, you don't. It, it doesn't matter. I care about people's opinion. I care about uh, their heart, their feelings, I do. But right at the same time, when I forgive, that means I don't, I'm not concerned about what you think I think. And I'm also not concerned about what I think you think because I'm forgiving that, all right? So forgiveness is not being okay with what the person did. All right, I, I can still not be okay with it. It was still wrong, or it was still hurtful, or it was still uh, inconsiderate, or whatever the case may be. 
But here's what I've done. I have forgiven that person, and I have alleviated the control that that thing had over me. All right? When you forgive an individual, when you forgive them, all right? We, we talked about this last week. It's just like it never happened. All right? The slate has been wiped clean, meaning I don't hold it against you. Not that it wasn't wrong, but I don't hold it against you. That's why Galatians 5, 6 makes the statement uh, that faith works by love. The, the Weiss Bible says uh, faith coming to full expression through love, all right? This is so important because what it's telling us is that forgiveness will determine the ability and the strength of our faith, all right? So there are levels of expression where faith is concerned, all right? There are lesser levels and greater levels, and according to the Apostle Paul in Galatians 5, 6, love causes my faith to come to full expression. Oh, hallelujah. And so forgiveness will determine the ability and the strength of my faith. Forgiveness. Hallelujah. To the extent that I will forgive is the extent my faith will operate to. To the extent I will forgive is the extent my faith will operate to. Now, if we we think about it that way, then we understand that when I limit forgiveness, I limit the flow of faith. Oh, hallelujah. And, you know, I've seen some extreme examples of this, and I've seen some minimal examples of this. And here's the problem. Unforgiveness affected those people regardless. Uh, the, 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 the extreme examples, it affected them extremely. The, the minimal examples, it, it affected them minimally, but it still affected them, all right? Uh, just in our daily walk with God, not, not even if, uh, uh, you know, very often we say we're believing for too much to have unforgiveness in our life. That is true, but here's the thing. We are striving to be like our Father on a daily basis. And if I'm going to be like my Father, forgiveness has to be at the top of my list. All right, forgiveness has to be at the top of our list. We have to be quick to forgive, ready to forgive, willing to forgive. All right, why? Because I understand that there are things that God cannot do for me if I won't forgive. And and listen, nothing is worth holding on to unforgiveness for. Nothing's worth that, all right? I've, I've known of people before that wouldn't forgive. I've heard stories of people that wouldn't forgive. And they always limited themselves as to what they could receive and what they could accomplish because they limited their abilities and God's abilities through unforgiveness. When a person refuses to forgive, what they're saying is this. 
is it's in my, see, unforgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice, and unforgiveness is a choice. And when a person chooses to be unforgiving, think, think about that when we, when we put that prefix you in, on other words, unwilling, unable, uncooperative, right? We, 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 we put it understanding, understood, all right? That's, that's a choice. So when a person is unforgiving, prefix you in, all right, on the front of it, in, in the negative, in, in other words, when, when, when someone's unable, all right, unable, th- then we have ability, but we have the pre- prefix you in, unforgiving. In, in that sense, it's a choice. I will not forgive. In other examples, it's something someone cannot do, all right? I'm unable. I'm, uh, you know, can't do it right? But when it comes to forgiveness, you in unforgiving. I won't forgive. All right? And, and the problem that occurs in that vein and in that area is that everything that God wants to do is not at its full expression in our life. And as I said earlier, our faith is not strengthened because forgiveness is the love flow. And, I, and I've got to understand that, that that forgiveness will determine the strength and the ability of my faith. And the extent that I will forgive is to the extent my faith will work. That's so important. All right? Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we often refer to this as the love chapter, and it certainly is. But uh, it's, it's even more than that. It's, it's the mirror chapter. I want to be seeing these things in my life. Now, notice in verse 2, he says, Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries... All right, that's spiritual gifts is what he's talking about. All right, the gift of prophecy is a spiritual gift. Understand all mysteries, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. That's the spiritual gift, all right? And though I have all faith. Now, some say that's the supernatural gift of faith. Certainly could be. But just faith in general. Though I have all faith that I could move mountains and have not love, I'm nothing. One translation says, if I can move mountain after mountain and I have not faith, all right, I'm a useless nobody. Matter of fact, the Weiss Bible says, if I don't, uh, don't have love, I am useless. Now notice, this is not a slight of this person. It's a caution. This is a caution, all right? Paul is saying, listen, if you have all faith that you could remove mountains and you don't walk in love, forgiveness is a flow of love, 
you're useless. All right, your faith is useless. All right, you, you can remember because faith is expressed. Faith comes to full expression through love. One translation says faith energized and expressed through love. So there's that love is the energizing force of faith. And so a person can have all that faith, but no way to express it. No way to energize it. So it's there, but it's useless. Now, there are people that will say, well, faith's never useless. If it cannot be used, it's useless. And that's why Jesus said in Mark 11, 24, and when you pray, believe that you receive, that's faith, and you shall have. And when you stand praying, forgive. Why? Because you're trying to operate in a faith endeavor and if you don't forgive, it'll cancel out your faith endeavor. Again, that's not a slight of the person. It's a caution. I cannot do all I need to do with my faith if love and forgiveness are not the foundation. I just can't. All right? And, and remember, it's not forgiving to get something I'm forgiving because that's the spirit and the the nature of God that's in me. But the goal of the believer is to become like Christ. The goal of the believer is to be God-inside-minded and God-inside-motivated and God-inside-animated. And when I begin to think like God, forgiveness will become second nature. It'll become second nature. Why? Because that's what God does. And he forgives freely. He forgives readily. He forgives quickly. And he forgives with no strings attached. Hallelujah. You know, I've had people say before, even to me, well, I forgive, but. Now, wait a minute. But is a string. But is a string. All right? And, and understand when, when I'm teaching on this, all right, it can sound elementary, but when someone says, well, I forgive, but, well, now, wait a minute. It's I forgive, period. I forgive, period. I forgive. That's it. All right? Now, there's much to go into. We'll probably get into, uh, into in other messages, but, you know, people so very often are so concerned about the boundaries and, and not allowing people to walk on them and, and not allowing the person to do that to them again, that they miss something. Uh, understand, love and forgiveness do not go hand in hand with self-preservation. All right, see, putting up boundaries is not self-preservation. It's not just about me and you not doing that to me again, all right? It's the spiritual climate. It's the spiritual atmosphere of my life, of my home, all right? That, that's what's so important. And, and so very often what happens is that so many people live their life unaware of any of the spiritual climate around them 
all right, that they, they don't spend time focused on it. And so when, they, when someone says you need to forgive that person, they think about how hard it will be because of what the person did to them. And they think if they forgive, that means that they've got to either be all right with what the person did or set themselves up for the person to do it again. That's not what the Bible teaches. But what I want you to understand is if love and forgiveness are not the foundation, I can't do all I need to do with my faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, I cannot please God. And that's true. But understand this. Without love, faith has no expression. You have no ability to express your faith without love. And so while it's true that without faith you can't please God, without love you can't use your faith. And so I want to please God and I want to use my faith. So I have to walk in love. I have to walk in forgiveness. Amen. This is so important. I'm so glad all those years ago, I learned to forgive quickly and readily, quickly and readily. I was on the phone with someone just the other day, and uh, we were talking about a certain situation. And uh, the person said, well, you know, I don't know exactly what needs to be done here. I said, well, first thing I'm going to do is forgive them. And I said, I'm going to forgive them, and I'm going to help, and I'm going to do whatever I can do, but I'm going to start off with forgiving And a person on the other end of the phone said, you know what? They said, Pastor, I'm going to take your lead, and I'm going to forgive as well. Well, understand why that's so important. Because when I forgive, all these channels open up to me. When when I allow one instance of unforgiveness, the channel collapses. Everything shuts down. All right, because my faith isn't working. Because faith works by love and forgiveness is in the love flow. Hallelujah. You know, you have extreme examples where someone will look at someone and they'll go, I just can't stand that guy. Well, understand they are substituting and they are, uh, if I could say this, they are trading the full expression of what God wants in their life for holding a grudge. I would rather hold a grudge than have all that God wants for me. That's what that person is saying. Well, but the reverse is true. When I go, oh, nope, I forgive them in the name of Jesus, I forgive them, then what that person is saying is I want what the full expression of what God can do more than I want to hold a grudge against that person. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I remember growing up, and I would go and stay with my grandmother, uh, Emma Palmer, Miss Palmer, in uh, uh, Greenham County, Kentucky. And uh, when I was smaller, we'd go and stay the whole summer. Mom and Dad would travel and, and evangelize, and my sister and I would go stay with my mamaw. Uh, all summer. And uh, now back then, uh, you didn't have much TV. Everything was antenna. And you got three channels. 
And uh, we stayed with my mamaw Palmer, who had a trailer on the property of my uh, Uncle Carl and Aunt Pauline Osborne. And uh, as I say, there wasn't much on TV, and this is in the summer, and uh, didn't have air conditioning in the house or in the trailer. And uh, so we would sit outside all evening. We'd go down to the Tasty Freeze and uh, get a cone, a vanilla cone, and, and uh, come back. And, uh, of course, now we lived out in the, they, they lived out in the country, uh, but uh, they had those old metal lawn chairs. And all the adults and all of us kids, we'd be out in the evening and, and catching fireflies and just visiting. I mean, up till there was no light left and you had to go in. But you would get, inevitably, you'd get a mosquito bite. And my grandmother would always tell me, She'd, they called me Buddy Boy, and she'd say, Buddy Boy, don't, don't scratch that bite because it'll make it worse. All right, don't scratch it. It'll make it worse. Well, if you've ever had a mosquito bite, and I'm sure you have, it itches. And for a moment, it feels good to scratch it. But what happens? It keeps itching. And then if you're not careful, you scratch the thing raw. And now you have prolonged the issue. Unforgiveness, dwelling on what somebody did, meditating on it, it can feel good momentarily. But it's like scratching that bite. You're prolonging the issue. Amen. What's the quickest, the easiest way to heal it? Don't scratch it, all right? It's, it's not pleasurable for a moment, but it will reap you lasting benefits. Oh, glory to God. It'll reap you lasting benefits because what I forgive today, I don't have to deal with tomorrow. And if it comes up, I just say out loud, oh, I've forgiven that. I have forgiven that. Nope, I have forgiven that. I remember one time I heard Brother Hagin tell a story, and you may have heard it, but it bears repeating. And he told the story about uh, they were at a, a church in a meeting. There was a, a couple that they knew, a younger couple. And so they went out to eat with them. And uh, Brother Hagin had made a statement in his message. He said, if you hate someone, the Bible says you're a murderer. And he'd use the illustration. He said, you know, if you say you hate your mother-in-law, well, you're a murderer. And in the course of their conversation, the young lady said, Brother Hagin, you you really uh, stomped on my toes today. And he said, well, sister, I didn't. If if anything did, the word did. And she said, well, you know, you said uh, if you hate your mother-in-law, you're a murderer. And he said, no, that, that's what the Bible says. And she said, well, let's see, I have a problem because I hate my mother-in-law, <laughs> right? And he said, uh, you know, I don't really think you do. And he said, look at me, look me in the eye and tell me you hate your mother-in-law. And she looked at him and said, I hate my mother-in-law. He said, um, what happened when you said that right here in your spirit? She says, like something was scratching me or kicking me. 
He said, yeah, because that's, you really don't. And he said, uh, you know, there are things that God wants to do for you, but you're going to have to forgive. And she uh, got with them. They invited him over to their house. She got with them and said, you know what? Uh, I have forgiven. She said, uh, you know, they're really lovely people. I have forgiven them. I'm walking in love. I'm not going to allow that to happen again. The long and short of that was they had a little child that was a severe epileptic and would go into these epileptic seizures. And they called at the hotel and said, uh, she's having one of these seizures. Could you come pray? And they said, yes. And on the way over there, Brother Hagin said, when you get there, don't pray for the child. You tell the mother to say out loud, Satan, you take your hand off my child. I have forgiven, and I'm walking in love. You have no place here. And when they got there, he did what the Lord said. She went over. She said, no, Satan, you take your hand off my child. I'm walking in love. I have forgiven, and you have no place here. Well, the seizure stopped. And I think they said that the child may have had one seizure, maybe two after that, mild seizures, but had no more the rest of its days. Now, I tell you that story for a reason. Notice what was keeping the door open to the plan of the enemy and keeping the door closed to the full expression of God's power. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. This, this, this is so important. This is so important. Excuse me. This is so important. So it's not a slight of the person. All right? Without faith, I can't please God. But without love, my faith has no expression. Look at James chapter 2. This is uh, a verse that very often is misunderstood. James chapter 2, verse 14. He says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say, I have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? What does it profit, my brethren, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Be warmed, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. So notice, what does it profit? Faith. All right? Without love. Because notice what he's saying here. Faith without works. And he's saying if a brother or a sister doesn't have the clothing they need, they don't have the food they need, and you make a faith statement, depart in peace, be warm, be filled, good confession, good faith confession. And yet you don't operate in love towards them and give them what they need. Now, notice... It says, if a brother or a sister, 
So this is talking about somebody in the church, not just the homeless individual on the corner. Right? This is somebody that you go to church with. In our day and age, it would be like this. Well, brother, I'm believing with you. I'm believing. I'm in agreement. But what should follow that agreement? If I can help them, I should help them. Because that's love. That's faith working by love. Oh, hallelujah. The works are works of love, works of compassion. See, forgiveness is a work. Forgiveness is something we do. Forgiveness is a work of love. This is important because there are people that I need to forgive, that we need to forgive. Now, notice the emphasis. There are people that we need to forgive. It is a need that we forgive them. And then there are people who need our forgiveness. So, in other words, there are people I need to forgive to set me free, and there are people that need to have me forgive them to set them free. Hallelujah. When I function in faith, it requires flowing in forgiveness. Functioning in faith requires flowing in forgiveness. This is so important. That There are two things that you've got to learn. Number one, nobody owes you anything. And number two, we hold nothing against anyone. All right? That is the free life right there. Nobody owes me anything, and I hold nothing against anybody. Amen. Uh, I've run into to both those situations over my years in pastoring. Um. Well, I'll tell you what, I deserve this. Uh, I deserve to be treated better. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. What that person is saying is I deserve better and they won't do better for me. They won't give me what I know I deserve. And so they're holding it against them. In every instance, that person was hindered. That person was held back. Oh, hallelujah because they're holding something against that person because of what they believe I deserve. If you can live your life with this in your mind, that you, you, uh, you do not demand anything from anybody and you're thankful for everything. That keeps you in the forgiveness flow. Nobody owes me anything. Nobody owes me anything. I've watched people over the years get upset and mad because maybe their, uh, you know, their parents died and didn't, uh, you know, leave them anything or, 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 you know, whatever. Their inheritance wasn't very much. My, my parents died and didn't leave me anything. Well, who said they had to? I mean, I know the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but it doesn't say that every good man's going to do that. I believe we should. But it, I mean, 
some people don't know. Some people didn't have the funds to leave anything. But this person is refusing to forgive someone that's not even physically on the planet anymore because of what they felt they were owed. Nobody owes me anything. I, nobody owes me a good life. Nobody owes me certain things. Hallelujah. I saw something the other day that just blessed me. And it was, it was a video on YouTube of a uh, Burger King employee. And he had worked there for 27 years and had not missed a day in 27 years. And the management there gave him a bag of goodies. Now, I don't remember all that was in the, the, the bag. And, and granted, I mean, you know, 27 years not missing a day. And, and even I was watching the video. I was like, that's not much. This man was so grateful. He was so thankful for all that he had in that, in that little goodie bag. It was like uh, a bag that you would get, you know, uh, when you go to a conference and they give everybody a, a little goodie bag at the beginning of the conference. You know, sometimes it has mints in it and these different things. Well, it had a little more than that, but I mean, 27 years, not missed a day, great employee, right? Well, here's the thing. He said this, I was just glad to be recognized. Boy, that blessed me. Now, what was the result of that? That thing went viral, and somebody set up a GoFundMe page for him that garnered him $450,000, and he bought a home. Didn't have a home. And he bought a home, and guess where he bought a home? Just blocks away from the Burger King he works at so they don't have so far to go to work. See, here's a guy, nobody owes me anything. I'm grateful for everything. That's how forgiveness works. That's how forgiveness works. You don't owe me anything. I forgive you. You owe me nothing. Yeah, but I'm so sorry for the way I treated you. I forgive you. You don't owe me anything. But I've had people say they should be sorry. They should apologize. They should feel bad. But see, by wanting them to feel bad, you're wanting them to pay. You're, you're wanting them to pay a price. Jesus forgave us so we wouldn't have to pay a price. So important. It's so important. Hallelujah. Now, let's, let's wrap up with this. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me check my time. I want to make sure I have kept you long enough. <laughs> don't, don't want you to go away feeling shortchanged. You'd have to forgive me. If he... <laughs> Ephesians 4.32. I can hear some of y'all already. Pastor, you've went quite long enough. You just need to go right over in that chair and sit down and be quiet about it. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. 
He says, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Now, I think I made mention last week something that it does not say. It said we forgive even as God forgave. We don't forgive because God forgave us. We forgive the same way he forgave us, which is what? Readily and freely. All right? The word kind, be kind one to another, it means fit for use, useful, easy, or generous. So what we could say is we're kind to one another. We're useful to one another. We're easy with each other. We're generous. See, that's how we flow. Then it says, be kind one another, tenderhearted, meaning compassionate or sympathetic. All right? That's that love flow. I'm compassionate. I'm sympathetic. You know, sympathy is not just because you know where a person's at. And so you've been through the same thing they have went through, so you're sympathetic. I'm sympathetic whether I've been there or not. Why? Because I'm tenderhearted. Listen, there are things people go through that I know exactly what they're going through because I've been there. And there are things that people go through and I physically do not know what that feels like because I haven't been there. But I can still be sympathetic. Why? Because I'm tenderhearted. See, this is the love flow. Be kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Now, this is, this is, this is something that's so great. It means forgiving means pardon. Now, we could teach for another hour right there. Pardon. I've known people that received full pardons, all right, from something that, even something they did wrong, and they received a full pardon. You know what a full pardon is? Just like it never happened. Just like it never happened. Very often we use that word pardon, like we'll, we'll need to cross in front of someone, we'll go, pardon me. Well, that's, you know, excuse me. Or in other words, excuse what I'm doing. I'm, I'm stepping in front of you. This word, pardon, just like it never happened, all right? It means to rescue, to deliver graciously, to restore one to another. Oh, that's so powerful. When I forgive, I'm actually delivering myself. I'm delivering the other person. All right, I'm not going to hold that against you. I'm setting you free, and I'm setting myself free. I'm rescuing you, and I'm rescuing me. Glory to God. The Phillips translation says, be as ready to forgive others as God. Wow. That's powerful to me. 
be ready to be as ready to forgive others as God. Now, when I think about that, that means I walk in the forgiveness flow. How quick am I ready to forgive? Right now. How ready am I for, to forgive? Right now. Why? Because that's how God forgave me. Right now. The last thing I'll say is this. The forgiveness flow is the direction for our lives. That's the direction for our lives. And, you know, when we understand that, anything that becomes a part of your life becomes something that you don't have to do. It's just what you do. It's what you do. I have, I have, I made it a point some number of years ago, a lot of years ago now, when I found myself not in the best health situation. I was not healthy. And uh, I decided all those years ago, uh, you know, very often people will say, well, I'm, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat better. I'm going to exercise. I decided all those years ago, I'm going to revolutionize my lifestyle. And I am going to eat right because it's right. And I'm going to exercise because it's right. All right, not just to lose weight, to be healthy. All right. And so for some people, for instance, exercise is a take it or leave it proposition. Not for me. It's part of my life. It's what I do. Uh, for some people eating less than healthy, not getting on you about the way you eat, it's none of my business, but I'm just saying, less than healthy is okay. For me, it's not okay because eating right is part of my life for, for a couple reasons. Number one, I believe it's what God would have me to do and number two, I've got a lot to do for God. Now, the reason I'm saying that is this, is so you're not going to find very many days that I'm not running, going to the fitness center, doing whatever, because that's part of my life. It's what I do at 6 o'clock every morning of the world, except Sunday. I'm going to be out the door. All right, why? That's my life. Uh, there's no, no, no use wondering. If you see me coming out the door at my house in the morning, don't look at your watch at 6 o'clock because that's, I made that a part of my life. Now, I use that not to just tell you what I do, but to say that's how forgiveness has to be. It's just a part of my life. It's what we do. When someone says, hey, I need you to forgive me, done, done. But you don't know what I did. Doesn't matter, done. I'm, it's, it's done. Forgiveness is the flow of our life, amen? Well, let's stand up tonight. Hallelujah, so glad that you came to church.